Well, it's here, friends. It is eclipse season. We've been talking about this for a few, several weeks now on the podcast. So if you're new, welcome. I'm going to go over everything you need to know for the month of October on this monthly Outlook episode. If you're not new here, also welcome back. But I think even if you've listened to the eclipse episodes uh, or the eclipse season episode, and I've been talking sort of about all this stuff recently, hopefully this episode will serve to kind of be important reminders now that we're here. You can always dive back into that longer episode about eclipse season, but we'll also talk about some of the more um, quicker moving planets that might be more short-term stuff. So on the eclipse season episode, I was talking about a lot of considerations for the past year and a half versus the next year and a half because that's what we're we're changing an 18-month cycle this month at this eclipse season. So it's a bigger deal than usual. Um, Eclipse season is always a big deal, but this one in particular is a big deal. This month might be intense. And so we're going to talk about some of the more nuances in the short term on this episode. Things like what Mercury is doing, Venus is doing, the sun is doing that I didn't cover on the eclipse season episode. And then as always, I will, of course, next week where we're going is a special episode for the new moon eclipse in sidereal Virgo. So stay tuned for that. Um, This is your monthly outlook episode, your yoga practices and journal prompts for the month of October in a general sense. So if you're new here, welcome to the Yogi Scopes podcast. I'm your host, Rosemary Holbrook, and that's what a Yogi Scope is. It's a way to therapeutically use Vedic astrology with yoga to create a more embodied and intentional life. That's what we're doing here. And I try to support that by offering ways that you could theme your yoga practice or things that you can explore in your, either your classes if you're a teacher or your personal practice, whether you're a teacher or not, and journal prompts um, that I have gotten lovely feedback from folks that they make people excited about journaling because it's usually only like two or three and they are usually hyper relevant to our collective experiences right now. And we'll kind of keep you on track with that spiritual journey um, and have things to be thinking about in your journal. So welcome to the Yogi Scopes podcast. That's what we do here. And so stick around to the end. I will, as always on these monthly outlooks, I'll kind of just rattle off the dates of what's happening this month. And so if that sounds like astrology jargon to you, bear with me because we'll tie it all together at the end with what it all means, like the overall energies, taking it all together, what it's a good month for, a bad month for, and then yoga practices and journal prompts. So with that, also I mentioned the sidereal zodiac is what Vedic astrology uses. So if you're unfamiliar with that, um, I always, some folks are like, duh, like they know that's why they're here for Vedic astrology and this might feel boring to you. But to folks that are new, because I still get like comments on things, sometimes they're like, um, actually the full moon's in this sign, not that one. And so that's, we use the sidereal zodiac here, which is more astronomically accurate than the Western tropical zodiac. So if you get like a night sky app or something, you will see that in fact, the um, placements that I'm telling you about, like the new moon solar eclipse in Virgo will actually be in the sign of Virgo. Like if you look in a telescope, if you know how to interpret that or the apps that tell you. Um, So that feels nice to me that it's astronomically accurate. It's more astronomically accurate. It's still not um, perfect, but it's way closer than Western astrology. And then second of all, 
Um, if you're going to pair this stuff with yoga, I highly, highly, highly recommend using Vedic astrology rather than Western astrology with yoga because they just, they were, they made, they were made to go together and it's way less of a stretch to pair these things. There are things that we will see that make it really easy to build your yoga practices or your yoga classes or whatever around Vedic astrology. It just flows way more seamlessly. So anyway, without getting on too big of a spiel about that, October is bringing in eclipse season. As I've mentioned, that's the biggest thing this month. And then we have the nodes changing signs this month, which I have talked about at length recently, but it's finally here. And so you're probably finally feeling the effects of it. And additionally, in October, another sort of big thing we ha have happening is that we're like a little bit stepping out of eclipse season. So we don't actually have Saturn and Jupiter going direct until um, November and December, respectively. So we're not out of the woods quite yet, but we have Mercury is direct, Venus is direct. They are both finally moving past the areas of the sky that they retrograded through. So there's some element of like, those things are finally settling. Like whatever challenges you were experiencing over the summer related to relationships and communication, if they sort of really came to a head then, like now October is kind of the time for the fallout, for, th for the dust to settle and for the um, new way of being or new cycle to really show itself and become like your daily life. And so we're going to talk about that. Um, sorry, forgot to turn my phone on. Do not disturb. I do that sometimes. Um, we're going to talk about that throughout the episode, like the minutia of each individual transit. So let's first, I'll just tell you about what's happening with a couple of quick bullet points about each thing. First on the very first day of October on right after the full moon, we had a full moon on September 29th, which was a Friday. And then Sunday, October 1st, we had Mercury enter Virgo. So now Mercury is beyond, completely beyond the, the point of retrograde. Mercury retrograde in the Leo throughout August and September. And then Venus entered Leo on August, or sorry, October 1st also. And so Venus did retrograde a little bit in Leo. So Venus isn't completely out of the retrograde zone just yet. Venus is actually also Gandanta um, at this time, meaning if there's any kind of stuff that needs to be worked out. It's probably coming to a head around this time. And um, so they're both sort of moving forward from their retrograde points, stepping into a new way of being, assuming that you worked with whatever karmas were coming up during that time. If you faced the struggles head on, you're probably good. You probably don't have to worry. But if you were not doing that, if you were avoiding things, um, you might still be struggling. And so then on Tuesday, October 3rd, Mars moved into Libra, which is where K2 is. And so we don't have an eclipse in Libra this time. Our eclipses will be in Virgo and Aries. Um, so we're sort of like releasing, we'll have a new moon in Libra in November. And I'll talk about that, how that's like um, sort of the ending of eclipse season. And we'll sort of step more fully into a new way of being around perhaps relationships, um, business, these kind of things around that new moon in November. But with Mars moving there in Libra right now with K2, K2 is still there for the rest of the month. So for the rest of the month, we're going to have, we're going to end up having like a stellium 
in Libra, which means like a buildup of energy, a buildup of planets in Libra. And so even though we're not having an eclipse in Libra, we're having this buildup of energy of planets with K2 there. So this is kind of a time where, if, like I was saying, if you haven't sort of learned your spiritual lesson um, related to relationships, to business, to whatever, um, all of these Libra related things. And then also if you look at the house that Libra rules in your birth chart, that area is that area of life is probably getting impacted. Um, you'll feel like a buildup of energy around there. And so with Mars moving there, it's just turning up the heat. It's creating intensity. It's creating probably also this like drive to handle shit to like just whatever's been coming up for you, which I suspect, you know, uh, what has been a big challenge in terms of relationships, in terms of, um, business, in terms of, um, you're sort of like self and other, like how you relate with people. But then also maybe you look for more depth at what house Libra's in for you. I suspect, you know, cause it's been a year and a half. There's been K2 has been there. And so I suspect, you know, whatever you've been struggling with in a big way for the last year and a half, especially as it relates to self and other, this month is like the time to work that out. And with Mars there now, you probably have energy to kind of do that. You know what I mean? To kind of do the things that need to be done to handle whatever needs to be handled. Or if you're not handling stuff, it's reaching the time where, um, you know, like some people say, like not making a decision is a decision. Like when you kind of sit on the fence about something so long and you just don't uh, pick a path, you end up like doors get closed if you don't walk through them in time. This kind of thing, um, the universe decides for you. So if you haven't been living intentionally related to this, related to the Aries and Libra axis of your chart, uh, doors might be getting closed for you now, like shit might be hitting the fan in a big way this month. But if you have been this way, I try not to scare y'all because all this astrology stuff can sound scary. And I always try to point out to people ways that they can look for how these karmas have been showing up in their life and you probably have been doing something about it. Like if you are here taking the initiative to listen to an astrology podcast um, and trying to pay that much attention to the subtle energies in your life and you're like even just listening to the journal prompts, even if you don't physically pull out your journal and do them, if you like listen to it and think about it a little bit, you are probably living intentionally enough that you don't have to be scared of this. This is for like, I can think of people in my life who are just sticking their head in the sand and not dealing with it. And they're having problems right now. And then I can think of other people in my life who I'm seeing this play out that like they've been, this something's been building for a long time and now it's finally being carried out. And so that's the Mars with Libra or with K2 in Libra energy. And so the next thing we have happening in October is Pluto goes direct in Capricorn on the 10th, which is a Thursday. So next Thursday, a week from today, as I'm recording this, um, that's just, I made little bullet points in my notes under each one of these things. And what I wrote there, this might feel real, feel, uh, real to you. Thank God something is settling down. That's what I wrote in my notes because we're in eclipse season. It is going to be intense. Having Mars with K2 in Libra is an intense energy. Uh, and what I would encourage you this month, we'll talk about this when we get into the overall energies for the month is to just ride the wave, like do your best to just let what happens play out and see how the dust settles in November um, and just ride the wave and try to be as present as possible this month. But Pluto going direct in Capricorn is a good sign for 
things settling down a little bit. Just like one less uh, explosive energy sort of going on. That's what Pluto is upheaval and sort of explosiveness. And we've been having ever since Pluto moved into Capricorn around the time of COVID, like in 2020 is when Pluto moved to Capricorn. Um, there's been explosiveness and especially when Pluto goes retrograde, it gets a little worse. And so that is settling. You can look to the Capricorn area of your chart. Think back to what was going on during COVID, what area of your life was like experiencing the most challenges there. And so I know a lot of us, we were all in quarantine, like whatever, all of us had to go home, but some people experienced that in different ways. Some people, it was challenging for their career. Um, some people, it was like the best thing ever for their career. Some people, it was challenging for their relationships. Other people, it was the best thing ever for their relationships. So if you think about the more subtle energies of like, especially what house Capricorn is in in your chart, will clue you in. But also, if you think of it in that way, there might be some settling around that area of your life this month. Thank goodness, right? Um, so uh, that's a little bit grounding, I think, especially right before this new moon solar eclipse in Virgo, another earth sign. Okay. So we have Pluto going direct in Capricorn, one of the earth signs. So that's like good news that just before we have this solar eclipse in Virgo, which is a fellow earth sign. Um, that's one thing that's settling down. And so I'll talk more in depth about that eclipse next week. Um, but the major thing I'd like you to know about it right now is that you'll need to be paying attention at this time to um, how you want to show up for the next 18 months as it relates to, and I have a journal prompt about this for this episode, um, as it relates to are there things in your sort of like deep psyche, in your subconscious that are impacting how you show up in in your daily life, that are impacting your wellness, um, and at that eclipse would be a good time to consider how you're going to work with those things to resolve them, hopefully, over the next 18 months. And it will be an 18-month journey. You're not just going to figure it out this week and, and everything's going to be better, right? Like, that eclipse is going to kick off a cycle of um, trying to ground yourself into wellness and work through stuff that's coming up in your psyche, which I discussed at length on the Rahu in Pisces K2 and Virgo episode. It was two weeks ago now, if you want to go back and dive more in depth into that. And I will talk more about it next week when I do a specific episode for the new moon. Okay. So I don't want to like say too much about it now, but just so you know, that's what that will be about. And then after that, we have some more buildup of energy in Libra on Tuesday, October 17th, the sun will enter Libra. And then the next day, Wednesday, October 18th, Mercury will enter Libra. And so um, this means that during this time, like Mars will be combust around the end of the month. So will Mercury, which just means that they get um, their energy gets a little bit weaker. So if there were things you needed to deal with related to the Libra area of your chart or related to relationships um, and business, the early part of the month is a better time for that. But also, um, it might settle down a little bit in this later half of the month after like the 17th, 18th. But then also important to know is that the sun is considered debilitated in Libra. And I hate that word. I do not, I do not like that word in Vedic astrology. It gives such a bad like connotation. Like when a planet is debilitated, um, it just means that that planet can't really fully express its, um, its meaning or its archetype or like what it wants to express. And so the sun 
is the soul planet in Vedic astrology. So you may know in Western astrology, the sun is a everything in Western astrology. It's a solar based system and it is like you, it's your self-expression. It's what is considered when people ask in Western astrology, like what's your sign? They're asking for your sun sign. But in Vedic astrology, when people are asking what's your sign, they're asking for your rising sign usually, or your moon sign or both. And, um, so that just to me makes more sense because the sun is in a sign for, um, this is an aside, but it feels important. The sun is in a sign for a whole month, you know, and the rising sign changes like every two hours. And then when you combine that with the moon changes nakshatras about every day, roughly, and changes, um, signs like every two days. So when you combine that, that gets way more specific, um, than having something in common with everybody that's born in the same month as you. Um, it gets way more specific to approach it based on your rising and moon sign. But then also in Vedic astrology, the sun is considered everybody's Atmakarka. It's the soul planet. So it has this more like your rising sign, your ascendant, your first house is more like you, like your personality, like what people think of in Western astrology when they think of your sun sign or your sign in general. They're like, that's you right? And how you express yourself in the world. That's more your rising sign in Vedic astrology. And this really makes sense. I think when you start diving into it and learning it, most people are like, yeah, that does feel more true um, to them. And the sun is, it's more spiritualizing. And so the reason I think the sun gets considered debilitated in Libra is because the sun is also this like royalty element, this like, um, there is some element of like ego, and like I amness to the sun, like this is me, right? This is myself. This is my soul. And Libra is all about relationships and business. And so the reason I say that I, I hate to think that the sun is considered debilitated in Libra because it's supposedly like leaders. I think this is really patriarchal is what I'm saying. I'm pointing out a flaw in the overarching culture of Vedic astrology, which feels big to say, but I'm going to say it anyway, um, cause burn the patriarchy, right? Um, and my, my husband is a Libra ascendant and I see how this plays out, um, for him and he's great at business because he's so diplomatic. And so it reminds me of a book that my mom just gave me. I haven't read. She read it, um, because she's like in leadership. My mom's a badass. And anyway, so she lent me this book after she read it, which is a it's called Leaders Eat Last. It's by Simon Sinek, which is the person who did Start With Why, has this big TED talk about, like, start with why, like, know your why, right? And so the whole concept, I haven't read the book. I've, like, skimmed it when my mom gave it to me, um, and it's sitting on my nightstand waiting to be read when my children finally go to bed on time, which will be never, probably. Um, so anyway, um, so this book, Leaders Eat Last, is the whole idea that, like, the leaders eat last comes from like in the Marine Corps where the brand newest like privates, like the youngest, whatever Marines eat first. And then it goes in order from seniority. The most senior people eat last. And that culture of the leader is not supposed to be the person who's like, it's all about me, right? Like a good leader, like I think Sun and Libra is a good expression of what leadership should be like. But so it, it like pisses me off that the sun is considered debilitated in Libra because, um, because you can't shine this I amness, um, because Libra is all about like diplomacy and relationships. And, um, so that's what like 
like I bring this up with business, my husband runs this like epic business because he gets so much like referral, like word of mouth because he's just like charming and people like him. You know what I mean? And so, and I see that work really well for him. Instead of it being about him, he's like just doing a good job and not being flashy about it, but he cares about people and the people that he meets, he really connects with. So they're more likely to refer him and stuff. It's a tile business. It's not like related to yoga at all. He does tile and he's really good at tile, but there's, you know, he does well because he's very charming and diplomatic and he's a Libra ascendant. And so, um, so he doesn't have sun in Libra, but he does have Mars and cancer in his 10th house, which is considered debilitated for Mars. And I see that the same way, which that's not, I probably talked about that on the, um, when Mars was in cancer earlier this year, but it's the same idea. Like I, I don't just in general, I don't think debilitated is like a good way to describe what's going on. Um, for most, in most cases when a planet is considered debilitated and we dive more deeply into that in the astrology for yogis course. Um, if you want to become a certified Vedic astrologer, we can nerd about out about this stuff. But the point is, for this month, I went on that big tangent, but it's important for this month because you'll hear people talk about the sun is debilitated, blah, blah, blah. And um, I don't, I just don't think it's that bad. I think especially with K2 there and with Mars there this month and with sort of ending this cycle of K2 being there, I think it's important to consider, and this is in the journal prompts too, um sort of your relationship with like how how like selfish are you in relationships and that's what I think um because Sun and Libra it's like not about leading from a selfish place so if you can tap into some of that um not being selfish in relationships or not making it about you when you're considering leading if you can tap into that sort of diplomacy and you know whatever like I hope that makes sense um about the sun being debilitated in Libra. And so to bring it back to like what's going on in the greater scheme of this month, we also have um, Venus will be there, you know, because Venus moved there. Actually, just kidding. Venus doesn't move there until later. Sorry, Venus will be in Leo this month because of the retrograde. So sorry, misspoke. But um, the sun, Mercury and Mars will be in Libra with K2. And so how that all kind of factors in together is I don't want you to be scared about the sun being debilitated. I want you to consider how you can factor in that sort of leaders eat last mentality um, this month, especially after the sun moves there. Um, but then also, can you consider if there's been any kind of baggage coming up around relationships, around how you show up in relationships, because the downside of the sun in Libra being debilitated is I don't think it's a bad thing to lead from a way of like with this leaders eat last culture but what it can lead to that I do think is a more shadow side of this is boundary issues um so as long as your sort of boundaries are good um then I think you'll be okay I guess is what I'm trying to communicate but with this upcoming eclipse season and then the nodes changing signs, there will be a buildup of energy around are you taking care of yourself in that you're having good boundaries, but that you're also not 
sort of being selfish or making it all about you and how the relationship serves you, uh, it's a tough balance. And that's what's been challenged for the last year and a half with Rahu in Aries and K2 in Libra because that, um, I don't think I actually did a special episode about that because I was on maternity leave when, with my second kid, she was born, um, when they changed their signs, but, um, so I think that one just kind of fell to the wayside because, whatever, I was super pregnant and moving and remodeling and all this stuff, and so, but the point is, so I can't refer you back to listen to it, but I usually can, but, um, the whole thing is, Rahu and Aries has been making people, like, really me, 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 like, focus on the self, like, what's in it for me, kind of, which is okay, and, but that has caught, I have seen it happen, that has caused relationships to fail, and so in some cases, I guess maybe the relationship needed to fail, because the person who was, like, all of a sudden realized that that relationship, like, they were the only one giving to the relationship, um, but in some cases, this is like a shadow side to look out for that if you've been like a taker and which is hard for any of us to like admit if we've been taking more than we've been giving, like I, that's hard to, to know or to, to be honest with ourselves about that. Um, and I do think there's also some culture of, um, people socialized as women, especially being culture, like culturalized or socialized to, to give, give, give. Um, so it's a tough balance. It's just this last 18 months have been probably causing people to think more about themselves, which is playing out in a lot of ways. But this month it's a buildup of stuff, pressure, energy, whatever around the relationship front. So if you want to maintain the relationships, you know, uh, we can talk about that. Like that'd be the kind of thing we could talk about in a reading, like how's playing out in your life. But, um, or in our now weekly office hours in the membership. Um, you can also bring those kind of questions there. They used to be twice a month. Now they're weekly every week on Thursdays at 11 a.m. Eastern. Anyway, um, there's a buildup of pressure around relationships this month with the Venus retrograde energy kind of clearing up with this buildup of energy around Libra with K2 and everything. Um, so I just want to point that out. So that brings us kind of well into... At the end of the month, the last two things we have are the, um, so after the sun and Mercury enter Libra on the 17th and 18th respectively, on Saturday, October 28th, we have a full moon lunar eclipse in Aries. And then on Monday, October 30th, right after that is when the nodes change signs. And so I've talked at length about that on the Q4 uh, astrological planning bonus episode for the fall equinox and on the eclipse season episode. So you can go back and listen to those. But with the full moon, lunar eclipse, and Aries, my little note that I put below that was bring personal growth full circle. So ideally, the personal growth you do, this is a, a soapbox of mine, any kind of spiritual, whatever, like personal growth, like you're here listening to an astrology episode, I know you're into personal growth. You are into it. You're like all about it. But this is like something that I find I need to remind myself of, I sometimes want to remind other people of, is the, and this fits in with the Sun and Libra thing, is like the reason we do personal growth and spiritual things and whatever is so that we can be a kinder human, right? So that we can be better to other people and make the world a nicer, kinder place. It's not just so that we can be like on some spiritual high horse, um, being the best human of them all, 
right? Like we're no, there's no hierarchy here, which I think is that's another theme of this sun in Libra is sun, the patriarchal view of leadership is that there's a hierarchy. And this is something I'm trying to dismantle in a big way related to the trauma-informed work that I do is that it's more like we're all in a circle. We all have uh, talents to contribute and things. And so there is no like personal growth and spiritual growth doesn't move you up a ladder above other people. And that's something that I think will be common as we're moving from this Rahu and Pisces to Rahu, or sorry, Rahu and Aries to Rahu and Pisces, where Aries is all like me, me, me. And Pisces is like kind of out there in the spiritual realm. Um, it's like an upper chakra imbalance. And so you have to be careful with that, especially at this uh, full moon lunar eclipse in Aries. It's like, you might have been doing a lot of personal growth over the past year and a half, but if that personal growth didn't serve your ability to like exist in the world better, you know, if it's just to like raise you on a pedestal above the other peasants, like wh why, you know what I mean? And so that might be kind of another thing that's like kind of hard to hear or hard to admit if we've been doing that right. Um, but just be careful with that. And so that's like sort of the, this brings us well into our, um, overall energies for the month is that it's a big overall energy with this eclipse in Aries, the sun in Libra, all this like stellium of energy in Libra is like, we're bringing things full cycle, full circle, completing cycles around self and other. And so I would just really consider in your personal life, um, how much has you, you know, have you been doing the personal growth so that you can exist in relationships, intimate relationships, as well as like the community, the global community and your local community better, right? Because these things are, they're meant, like I described on the eclipse season, when things are an axis in astrology, they're symbiotic, they're opposites, right? Like self and other, but they impact each other and they are meant to serve the other like we do the personal growth to exist better in relationships um, and relationships are also a powerful spiritual mirror to the personal growth that we need to do and that's the big shift this month is like you know like I've been talking about either the shit will hit the fan or if you've been doing the work it will sort of come full circle and um, the dust will settle kind of I hope that makes sense and so there's intensity this month. A big overall energy of the month is intensity around relationships, especially. Sorry, this is my calendar reminder. I got to jump off and get on a Zoom in a minute. So um, yeah, this month, a big overall energy is to unpack leftover relationship baggage related to the Venus retrograde, um, which you can go back and listen to that episode if you've forgotten or want to revisit that uh, around when Mars moves into Libra with K2, which it already has, it did on Tuesday the 3rd, um, and then the nodes leaving Aries and Libra, there's just this buildup of energy, um, there's an intensity around relationships, and so this month is a good month for um, turning inward regarding how you want to show up in your daily life and what from your deep psyche is impacting that, impacting your um, daily routines, your wellness, and how you show up in relationships. Are there patterns um, from your ancestors, from your family, um, just from your life experiences that are sort of subconscious that are making you behave in certain ways that are maybe less aligned with how you want to show up. And can you 
that will be the theme of the next year and a half with Rahu and Pisces is working through that deep psyche stuff, but it might start to come up now. And so it's a good month for turning inward and reflecting on that, on that personal growth related to Rahu and Aries. Like, what have you done? Has, have you um, done well there? And then it's also a good month for making tough decisions and showing up fully for them with Mars in Libra with K2, it's like if something is coming full circle, people often say like don't do anything new around the eclipse, but if it's time and if the writing's on the wall and you need to like handle it, Mars being with K2 in Libra is giving that energy to show up fully for handling what needs to be handled in relationships, in business, etc. And then it's also a good time for grounded communication in relationships, especially with Mar Mercury in Virgo. That's actually a good news for this month. That's Mercury's Multracone. It's where communication does the best. So if you've been experiencing challenges um, related to relationships, related to the Venus retrograde, K2 and Libra, all this stuff, this month is a good time to just communicate and get logistics down regarded, regarding relationships. And then it's a bad month for... Um, white knuckling onto your old patterns. So can you just let go and let yourself get swept up in the wave of the intensity this month? Just see how it plays out. Um, and so that's one of the journal prompts I will have to offer you is like, you know, it's a good month for grounding as we talked about, especially with K2 moving to Libra grounding and embodiment, um, will be the move for that. And that factors into our yoga practices, but, um, yeah, that we'll get to it in the journal prompt. Can you consider your relationship between grounding versus white knuckling? Are you so grounded that you're like being stubborn and you're kind of white knuckling onto an old pattern? Can you let go, let yourself get swept up in the wave of whatever's happening this month and just be good about it? Be, you know, be, do what needs to be done. Do what's in front of you and do what needs to be done. So it's also a bad month for being petty or overly meticulous. That's the sort of shadow side of Mercury and Virgo and the eclipse in Virgo, as we start to have a buildup of Virgo energy, it's good for grounding in communication and being really grounded there. It's challenging for being petty or over, overly meticulous, letting good, perfect be the en enemy of good, right? So just try not to do that this month and for the next 18 months, really. It's also a bad month for being selfish or having a selfish approach to leadership. If you think you want to rise to the top and be a leader because you want to be on a pedestal, Sun in Libra is not a good time for that and all the other stuff I talked about. Um, and so your yoga practices are balancing practices still. Padabanda, Nadi Shodhana, it's all this Libra energy, um, standing balance postures, connecting to the feet and grounding through the feet will be great all month long. And then also Abhyanga. As we head into Vata season here in the Northern Hemisphere, maybe have some um, intensity, buildup of intensity from Pitta season and Panchakarma with uh, Navaratri. I forgot to even mention that. Navaratri happens right at the end of Ancestor Fortnight. So with Ancestor Fortnight and Navaratri, it's a good month for an Ayurvedic cleanse, also known as Panchakarma. And so your journal prompts for this month in general are, one, what's your relationship to being grounded versus white knuckling? So that's what we talked about with, um, you know, this Virgo energy and as Rahu moves to Pisces, eclipse season, like we'll need to be grounded, but are you taking that grounding to the place of where you're like overactive root chakra, you're being stubborn, you're not letting yourself um, kind of experience the change that is happening that is about us, right? So just explore that. And then 
Have you been showing up the way you want to in the world and in relationships related to Aries stuff? And are there any remaining barriers in your psyche that are keeping you in old patterns? We'll explore that for the next 18 months, but start exploring it now. And then in what ways could you lead your life with more love related to Sun and Libra? Factoring in good things you got from your ancestors as well as generational cycles that you want to break. So that's all. I'll be back with an episode about the eclipse. Let me know if you have any questions. In the meantime, please keep your feet on the ground, your head in the stars, and stay in the light. Until next time, friends, take care.